episode 10 Alexander the Great podcast. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're well. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're taking care of the people that love you and the people you love. Fucking hell, man. Life is amazing. I hope you don't have corona. If you have corona, I hope you're going through it nicely and easily. Please write me a review on iTunes and I will uh, give you a gift all the way from Greece. Um, if you'd like to donate, there'll be a link in the description of the podcast. You can just go straight to my donate page, PayPal and Patreon. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate it. Thank you for sharing all the podcasts, all the all the episodes, man. It makes so much. I can't believe people are sharing this and people are listening to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, hope you like the episode. Let me know what you think. Alexander the Great Podcast on Facebook. And uh, that's about it. See ya. Last time we talked about Philip's conquest in Thrace. While he was in Thrace, he had sent Parmenion, Antipatros and Evrilochos as ambassadors to Athens. Their goal was to have an official declaration of peace with the two states, the two states being of course Athens and Macedonia. Demosthenes suggested that the Athenians should talk with each other before the Macedonians arrive. This seems like a legit suggestion, so they do it. The day before, they were to talk about what the king had suggested, and after the ambassadors left, so the next day they would vote if they agreed with the terms or not. They were pressured by time, the Grand Dionysian Games were about to take place, and during these games they were forbidden from doing any kind of business. It's a religious affair dedicated to our favourite god of ecstasy, Dionysos. The Grand Dionysian Games are a competition of theatre. They were put forward by Pisistratos, somewhere around 561 and 528. The day before the Macedonians arrive is when the general public of Athens found out what Philip wanted. It's now they found out they find out Amphipolis, Potidea and Alos now belong to the new king. It's over guys, Philip is doing the talking, for now you just listen. That must have been a hard pill to swallow. There were definitely there was definitely tension in the air, right? The Macedonians are cutting their wings. Athens was just about to spread their influence, and here comes Philip putting an end to their dreams. From Theopombos, a historian that lived between uh, that lived between um, 380 and 315 BC, he gave us Philocrates' speech. Philocrates is an Athenian orator. He plays a big role in the Athenian and Macedonian relations. And he just pretty much told them, we have too many enemies. It's not the time or place to negotiate Philip's terms. We might as well just get cozy with him now before he gets friendly with Sparta and Thebes. The representatives of the Second Athenian Alliance suggest they should wait until the team of ambassadors I mentioned last time in the last episode, they were sent all over Greece to find someone who would want to take Philip down along with them. The Mosthenes says, fuck that, we don't have to wait on nobody. Uh, the same representatives, the same representatives, sorry, suggest a sort of common peace, kiniirini in Greek. So an agreed-on peace treaty, not just Macedonian, uh, not just Macedonian Athens, but Macedonia's allies with Athenian allies. Of course, it'd be a transition period. You can't expect most fourth-century Greeks to get along well straight away. Also, it would allow us to put a few city-states we like into the alliance, and we might actually save Alos and Fogida and look like the good guys that we are. 
This is going to be one of the few times Eschines and Demosthenes agree. The rest of the Ecclesia agree, so everyone is loving the idea. Feeling good and all that, you know, completely forgetting what Philocrates said. Just in case you forgot, my dear listener, he said just agree with Philip, right? Agree with whatever he wants, you know, let's just not change a thing. And they also talked about seating arrangements. Demosthenes says Philip's men should be given proedria, which means they should sit in first class. Eschines takes the piss out of Demosthenes and characterizes him as slavish for suggesting so. So the next day, um, the 16th of April, according to our calendar, Adipatros was called and was asked what he thought about this common peace. He was gobsmacked, as the English say. He was left with his mouth open. He probably thought they were joking. He tells them, apparently, if you take this to Philip, you can be sure we are going to war. Hearing this, Evulos, Eschines, and another politicians, and, uh, and another politician we have yet to talk about, Kifisophon, let it known that they really don't have any other option but to take everything Philip said and just agree to it. Aristophon is Aristophon, a different different person. Kifisophon and Aristophon sounds a bit similar, but they're not. Uh, Aristophon, another person, anyway, says um, from Theopolis again. We get this. He says that he um, Athens are a bunch of wimps, basically, for giving up on Amphipolis just because they're afraid of the Macedonians. Now, this common peace story probably leaked out because Kersovleptis from Thrace asked Athens to join their alliance. Demosthenes rejected him. He sees him more of a friend than an ally. Uh, poor Kersovleptis, I feel sorry for him. You think he's done enough for Athens, but, you know, guess not. The Athenians end up swearing an oath of peace and alliance in front of Philip's men. And the Athenians now have to send men to Macedonia and do the same in front of the man himself. So, on the 29th of April, the second team of ambassadors left Athens for Pella. Philip was still in Thrace, mind you, so they're not rushing themselves. They arrive in Pella 23 days later. Philip arrived in Pella 27 days after that, <laughs> leaving them alone for 27 days. Now imagine how shitty they felt, right? You're going nice and slowly, you don't want to seem desperate, and the guy, <laughs> because you know, the guy you're going to see, uh, and then the guy you're going to see takes ends up taking more time than it took you to reach him. You know, of course, they feel <laughs> slightly used, I don't know. Um, from the Mosinese's speech on the false embassy, we see that the that he recommended while they were waiting in Pella, he recommended that they should go to Thrace and try and find Philip. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? You just ride into Thrace and just keep asking everyone. Have you seen a one-eyed Macedonian nearby? You know, probably has a few siege engines with him. Not the best idea to come out of Demosthenes. Mostly because you have no idea where he could be, right? At least they weren't alone. There were embassies from various places of Greece, Sparti, uh, Sparta, how do you say it? Thessaly, Thebes, Phokida. Everyone wants something from the Macedonian king. But what they really wanted to know is what does he have planned when it comes to the outcome of this third sacred war? Now, Philip has been king for 13 years. It's worth reminding ourselves where Macedonia was and where it is at this juncture. All thanks to Philip, right? And probably a bit of luck, if we're being honest. But he has all of Greece 
basically eating out of his hand, right? Waiting for him to do something, say something. So Philip arrives in Pella. He says hello to all the ambassadors. And the Mosthenes, who is acting very differently, last time uh, he saw Philip, he completely froze. Now he gets straight to the point. Where are you going to free the Athenian captives from the siege of Olynthus? And he's also holding a silver talent, <laughs> rather ostentiously, and he says, this here um, is to free my beloved countrymen. Philip, Philip was, all right, just chillax, bro. I mean, we're here to talk about the sacred war first. In the end, he promises to let them free after the Panathenian games. Now, after this, <laughs> the Mosiris was probably, aha, gotcha, bitch. He had promised to let them free after Athens and Macedonia came to an agreement. Now he's changing it. He's pretty much making the Mosinese's case, right? Um, but this wasn't the official talk, right, of the represent. This was just the Mosinese pushing in, you know, what, what do you call it? Sorry for butting in. What did they say? Uh, but first, the Thebans and Thessalians uh, talked. They simply asked for the sacred war to be over and asked for the worst possible punishment to be given to the Phocians. Then the Phocians talk and simply ask for the city not to be destroyed. Guess you can't ask for much after you've raped the nation's treasury. And then the Athenians talked. Now bear in mind that they don't even agree with each other. Eschines doesn't want Thebes and Philip to form a friendship and the Mosinese wants to keep them out of the picture in case he can form an, an alliance with them in the near future and attack Philip. This is all about Thebes, right? This is basically what they don't agree upon. We know the Mosinese talked first. We don't know what he said. But he made everyone laugh when he said that he's not going to compliment Philip on being a, uh, a great drinker because that would be a better compliment for a sponge. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, very funny, Demosthenes. Very good. They were probably drinking. They were getting shit-faced. And why not? You know, he's been away for a while. Let him have a fucking drink, you naughty. Uh, yes, Eschines reminds Philip that it's the Amphictyonic Council's duty to punish anyone who violates Apollo's oracle. But it doesn't have to be for Kida in its totality. Not every citizen of Phocis stole from the oracle, right? It wasn't the normal people who were trying to get by. No, let's just punish the people who actually took over the oracle. So some of the local Phocians and their mercenaries. To this... Spartans, uh, to this, the Spartans nod their head in agreement. Now, to see a Spartan in Pella might shock some of you, right? It's, this has to do with the influence that Thebes had in Peloponnesus, or Peloponnese, you'd say. But to me, Peloponnese sounds a bit weird. It's Peloponnesus. Anyway, they're getting more popular by the minute. Thebes is, right? Thebes is getting more popular in Peloponnesus. And the Spartans are not liking this. In the beginning of the Third Sacred War, Sparta uh, attacked a city of Arcadia known as Megalopolis. The big city. Megalo means big in Greek. Polis is the city, of course. This attack ended up being a massive war that spread in Peloponnesus in its entirety. Some cities went to Thebes to get help, and Thebes was happy to do so. Thebes wants to form an alliance with Philip, and of course try and have some form of influence in 
center of Greece, right? This is where their homeland, we were under Theban hegemony a while ago. It's starting to change now slowly. Philip doesn't want this, right? He, his plan is to form an alliance with Sparta, Athens, Thessaly, Forgiva, and end the Theban hegemony. Aeschylus also says that if some cities wish to leave the Voetian League, or Theban League, depending on what you prefer, they should have the freedom to do so. If Thebes has a problem with this, someone has to beat it into them. Um, Philip, as I've said before, was an amazing host, charming and kind to everyone, especially the Athenians. They had a special place in his heart. He even gave them gifts. Uh, this, according to Demosthenes, is a form of bribery. Some historians are saying that Philip is following Proto. Uh, it's just what people did when someone would visit. So Demosthenes is trying to smear Philip's name. Now, of course, it's a different thing buying someone a, a drink because you like them, and another because you want to influence them, right? And it's not that like he was giving gifts to everyone. It's probably, <laughs> this is what Demosthenes probably saw and was like, hang on a sec, so we're the only ones getting all these specially, especially, special lovely treats? Um... So it seemed a bit fishy to him. Also, some are saying Philip wants to work together with the Athenians and attack the Phocians so, can, so it can be seen that it's not necessary that Macedonia and Thebes have an alliance. And it also shows, you know, you know just cut the bullshit out about giving a fair punishment to the Phocian citizens. Soon we're going to be making that decision together, you know, he wants that to appear. After the hearing was over, the Athenians were expecting Philip to take an oath in front of everyone. Every time someone mentioned this, um, hey Philip, just have to take an oath, <laughs> yes, yes, that would be nice, um, he would just say, I agree with the treaty voted by the Athenians and our allies. Um, yes mate, but you still have to vote, Yeah, you still have to take an oath, sorry. Philip thinks, okay, so now it's time to take off. So he heads towards Alos. <laughs> the Athenians follow him and managed to convince him to take an oath in Ferez, which is in Thessaly. This is 220 kilometers away, or 130 miles away from Pella, in an inn of all places, so in a crappy little hotel, or motel. Uh, and there was a temple of Dioscuri nearby, the twin gods, where we get our modern Gemini, Gemini, Gemini star sign. Now the mother, this is kind of a nice little story, but we'll get back to the uh, the, uh, the official timeline. Uh, the uh, the Oscuri brothers, the twin gods, their mother was Liva, and they had two fathers. They had different fathers, the twins, right? Castor was one of the twins. He had Tindareos, king of Sparta, as his father, and Polydevkis was the son of the horniest of the Greek gods, Zeus, who impregnated Liva in the form of a swan Nasty motherfucker. Uh, there were also brothers to Clytemnistra and the beautiful Helen or Oreleni in Greek that started the whole famous Trojan War and everything. Anyway, you can imagine, though, that the Athenians were pissed at this, right? There's a temple right there, Philip. I mean, it has a nicer atmosphere. This, it's, they sound a bit like a nagging wife after they're taking out to a dinner at the worst possible restaurant, like, like a McDonald's or something shitty like that. But it's cheap and you don't need a reservation. So suck it up, Athens. You're lucky you're getting daddy's attention. <laughs> so, so Philip is um, already showing us that he's not really taking the treaty that seriously. 
When he actually made the oath, he never mentioned his allies and specifically points out that this does not involve Fokida and Alos. And that is how the Philocratian peace, or peace of Philocrates, as it's also known, was finalized in 346. Alos will eventually fall in the hands of Philip and he surrenders them to Pharsalos, who has replaced Larissa as his favorite city in Thessaly. By the time the Athenians reach Athens, Philip is at the hot gates. He's quick, right? He's closing deals, moving soldiers, getting to the right place in time. You know, he's just a sick guy, sick king. So, uh, and usually whenever Athenians, whenever Athenian ambassadors returned from a mission, they were welcomed like heroes. Parliament would hold a gathering and whoever wanted would make a speech and thank them for their service. This doesn't happen now, for whatever reason. Perhaps, you know, who knows, they believe the treaty, the peace treaty won't last, so what's the point in celebrating, you know, fuck knows, maybe they were just busy, they were just, you know, couldn't be, couldn't, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be bothered to get around to it. And three days after they arrive, they have a meeting, Eschines and Philocrates read a letter by Philip and that talked about friendship between Athens and Macedonia and how much he desired to have peace and an alliance with them. The Athenians softened up after this and promised the alliance will hold even to Philip's descendants. The Athenians, um, they also decided that not all Phocians have to be finished, have, have to be punished just because of a few people, just because a few people decide to hold Delphi. It was also their responsibility as Athenians to take a stand against whoever is willing to punish innocent Phocians. Uh, innocent in air quotes, right? Because, you know, other in my mind, they're all at least a little bit guilty. And finally, they say a third team of ambassadors has to be sent to Pella. Demosthenes says, fuck that, I'm going. And Eschines says, fuck that, I ain't going. Demosthenes probably wants to stay in Athens to control public opinion as much as he can. And Eschines doesn't want to leave Demosthenes alone to have all the freedom in the world so he can say whatever he wants. So he's just going to stay in Athens to keep him in check. The next day, the ambassadors are ready to leave for Pella. They send a messenger to Macedonia to inform the king they're on the way. Now, Philip was at the hot gates, right, as we have seen. So the messenger goes back to Athens and tells them we've got to cancel the trip. The king isn't, isn't even home. Last time they went there, they waited nearly a month before Philip arrived. You know, they don't want to go through that again, obviously. So Philip finds out about Athens' decisions and he sends them a letter asking them to send soldiers against the Phocians. The Spartans, he tells them, have already sent him a military power. It seems that he's testing them, right? He wants to see how committed they are to this newly formed alliance. Philip request, Philip's request was talked about at the Ecclesia. Demosthenes and Egisipos were of the opinion to not send help. Demosthenes reminds the Athenians that he has yet to return the captives from the captives from Olynthus and that if they choose to send soldiers, there is nothing stopping him from keeping them as hostages too. Now this does its job and convinces them to not send any help. 
In the meantime, the Athenian ambassadors that were traveling to Pella are taking a break and they've stopped in Chalkida. Now we think they know the Ecclesia decided to not send help and they would rather not be around Philip, obviously, when he was to find out, so they returned to Athens. Oh, by the way, Chalkida, I'm talking to you from Chalkida. Yo, represent. <laughs> I'm in Chalkida right now. Uh, we know when Philip crosses the hot gates, he lets Phalakos and his Phalakos' uh, soldiers and his mercenaries go. And just like that, the self-proclaimed saviour of Apollo, as Worthington says it, ends the Third Sacred War. His first job is to free the Oracle of Delphi. This gets him two more votes for the Amphictyonic Council, bringing his total votes to six. All the members of the of the council had in total 12 votes, meaning that in essence the council is now controlled by Philip. Phalakos tries to get his shit together. After he's been kicked out for giving his hired as a general for some mercenaries by my fellow countrymen in Crete. That's where I'm originally from. Anyway, specifically the city of Knossos hires him to take the city of Lito. Lito then asks Sparta for help. Crete and Sparta have a have Doric heritage, so they've always been tight throughout history. So Sparta sends soldiers and they find Phalakos besieging Lito. They manage to shoo him away. Phalakos lives a little bit longer and dies in 343 while he's besieging Kidonia. Now this siege really turned to shit and some ancient sources say he died by divine fire. Uh, now we left Philip at the hot gates, right? Or Thermopylae in Greek. Now this makes Demosthenes freak out. He is a hundred percent sure that Philip will at any time attack Athens, due to them not sending help when he when he asked for it. He even convinces the ecclesia to send citizens to rebuild the city's wall, check that the defensive works in Piraeus are on schedule and move a, festing, a festive event held in the name of Heracles or Hercules in American. Uh, they were usually held in the outskirts of Athens. He has them move it to the center of town. Now, Philip never attacks Athens. He's too busy conquering Forkiva with the help from some cities in Viotia. Forkiva is conquered easily. They've been through a lot, you know, can't really blame them. Philip then sends ambassadors to Athens. He asks them, to send people to be present during an Amphictyonic council. And the main talking points are going to be the Phocians. What are they going to do with the city itself and punishment and all the other lovely things that happen when a city is conquered. It seems that he's testing them, right? To see if he can still consider them an, an ally. And it seems he wants to share the responsibility in punishing the Phocians. Athens is not into this, so they decline Philip's offer. Now this makes Philip angry. He lets them know that he wasn't expecting this and that uh, and if they shit on their peace agreement, they are going to suffer the consequences. Now personally, I'm of the opinion that due to Philip's unwillingness at this moment at least to not let the Athenian captives from Olynthus free plays a big role in how they treat him, right? And also we have Aegisipos warning the Athenians that he's going to hold the Ameri the American the Athenian soldiers captive. So just don't send anyone. Let himself figure it out. After a few days, the Athenians start to rethink 
their previous position and decide to send a whole team of ambassadors, not just a few messengers. And it's the same group of people that were going to Pella but decided to return after they reached Kalkida plus Eschines. The Mosenis decided to stay in Athens. Uh, a city by the name of Itea in Thessaly wants the worst possible punishment for the Phocians, which means throwing the men from the Fedriades stones, the Fedriades cliffs, I don't know how you translate it, but it's just a tall fucking like mountain place, you chuck them off there. Philip puts an end to this scenario, right? Some historians say that this proves they had some fo- sort of an agreement with Phalikos. The official punishment was all the men who had occupied Delphi are considered cursed, which means that anything they owned would be put up for auction, and if they are caught at any time, they are to be arrested wherever they are found. For Kiva as a city has lost the right to purchase weapons and horses until they pay back the money they took from the oracle. Any weapons they had that were used in this unholy of wars was to be thrown away, never to be seen or used because they were connected with great sacrilege. Any horses they had had to be sold and the profits would be sent to Delphi. And uh, they had lost their right to consult the oracle, they were not allowed to be a member of the Amphictyonic Council and they are fined a massive amount, 16 or 3300 talents. We're not shown the full amount because some mercenaries were being paid double. We know they were paying 60 talents a year until it was to be paid off. The money they took didn't always go to mercenaries, right? Some were spent on hookers, dancers, gifts for the wife and many other things. Philomilos, (laughs) a rather nice example, bought, he bought a Thessalian dancer and even gave her a gold tiara as a gift. And to me, now, the most important thing, uh, what changed after the after this uh, council, a bunch of Macedonian guards are put into various parts of the city. Philip's excuse was that they had to protect the citizens of Fokida against attacks from Thebes. Because, you know, just in case they decide to take matters into their own hands. In reality, though, this allows Philip to have an army in the center of Greece. The Athenians lose their right of promadia, which means consulting the oracle before anyone else, and is transferred to Philip. Philip is elected as president of the Pythian Games, the second most important games after the Olympics. These games were stopped due to the sacred war. This decision of Philip as president of the Pythian Games is not recognized by Athens and Sparta, and they don't send athletes to compete creating tension again. At the same time, or maybe a bit later, in 345, Philip cuts his own new coinage, a gold statiras with Apollo, wearing a laurel wreath. As the saviour of Apollo's oracle, he thought that would fit nicely, you know? And on the other side, a carriage that is pulled by two horses and its rider. And Philippou, meaning Philips, written on the bottom. This this coin is going to replace the Persian coin called Variko as the main gold coin of northern Greece. And that's about it for Philip and how he ended the Third Sacred War. Now, how long is this 
piece of Philocrates going to last, or should I say, who is going to violate it first, find out in the next few episodes.